that comes from you. Help us to answer your call and to walk with you every day of our lives. We love you, Lord. Help us to love you more, to be the people you've called us to be. Help us to be like Jesus. Help us to look to him every day for the rest of our lives and to follow him faithfully. I thank you for this weekend and for all the fruit and the connections and the unity that has happened uh, through through our interactions and through our uh, response to you. Help us to grow in this and let this be um, momentum that continues to increase in our own lives and into the lives of people around us and the congregations throughout Alaska. Help us, Lord, to be your people in every way, to be your church, uh, whether we're all together or whether we're all alone. Help us, God, to to be genuine, to be pursuing you regardless of our circumstances. We love you, Father. Help us to love you more. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's so good to be here this morning, and I'm thankful for the participation we've gotten to have with the Youth Forum, and then as well as getting to be a minister from the Valley Church of Christ, getting to come here and and to connect with y'all more. Uh, my name's Mike, if you don't know me. Uh, I'm a preacher with the church at the Valley, and I get to travel around Alaska and work with congregations throughout the state. And uh, so I, I bring you love and connection from from the Valley congregation as well as places throughout Alaska. And it's a joy to be here. And this weekend's been a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of blessings. So this, I want to talk about the Youth Forum. Uh, in general, before we get into uh, looking back and, and, and recapping what we've discussed this weekend with, with the youth. And I want to thank you for investing in the youth in Alaska and, and the youth in your congregation here and, and, and other congregations. I got to go to Thailand a few years ago and work with uh, Lauren and Penny Hollingsworth. Um, they've been missionaries in Thailand for over 40 years, and they now live half the year in Alaska and half in Thailand. Many of you have known them. They've He's spoken up here for the lectureship and other things. And one of the people I look up to the most and one of the most experienced and reputable, knowledgeable missionaries um, I've ever met in my life. And when I went over to, to Thailand, uh, me and my friend Steve, who Steve was also speaking for this weekend, um, when we went over to Thailand, we got to see them kind of in action there in their in their you know natural environment and I throughout our time took some time to kind of interview Lauren and get some get some insight from his experiences there and, and I asked him uh, if there was something you could have done differently over these last forty years of ministry in Thailand uh, what would you have done because it seemed like everything he was doing was mostly successful and Listening from other missionaries and other people who have worked in Thailand and in, in Asia, uh, he has a reputation. They have a reputation of their work being fruitful and the church is growing and developing leadership. And so I wanted to see, like, if there was something you could have done better, what would it have been? And his answer was, I wish I invested more in the youth. Because before you know it, they are adults. And if we could have started earlier in helping uh, water was planted in them, uh, that would have made things a lot, a lot better. So I really took that to heart and wanted to 
um, to learn from that. In, in our work here in Alaska, we want to equip everybody. We want to connect with every person, regardless of their age. And that certainly includes youth. And so wanting to invest in young people, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And so I'm thankful that you share that conviction of wanting to, to host and invest in, in young people. I love just looking around here in this auditorium and looking at these banners hanging here where this is decades of representation of wanting to invest in, in young people. And there's ways to improve that and to continue to grow in how to do that. Obviously, it's more than just one weekend of, of time set aside. Uh, but having that attitude of wanting to water our young people so that God may, may grow them is a very noble and, and effective thing. So I thank you for having that, that attitude of wanting to, to connect with them. And, um, and it's happening, and it's very, very good. The theme of this weekend was Journey of Inspiration. I want to talk about why that theme was selected. I get to work with lots of different people um, from a lot of different ages that begin their Christian walk from all different directions. And something that I've noticed is the the thing that gets you to go to church is the thing that keeps you there. Now let me elaborate on that. If you end up going to church because your family goes there, or if you go to church because the preacher is so amazing, like Tony, or if you go to church because um, you really like the type of singing or the style of teaching or whatever the thing is that gets you to go there, as soon as that thing changes and is no longer there, you're not going to go to church anymore. And so, it, but if your reason for going to church is Christ, where you've fallen in love with Christ and you want to be obedient to him, you want to walk with him, and Christ says, I'm going to add you to a body, I'm going to build you up into this temple, I'm going to, I don't want you to neglect meeting together, I want you to go serve one another, confess your sins to one another, to worship together, then your motivation for going to church and being part of this fellowship is not dependent on other people. It's now dependent on an unchanging, faithful God. And so by having that attitude, it makes you really um, not just immune to wanting to disconnect. Um, it gives you a reason for, for going. And so that allows you to step into a situation that might not be in the immediate time pleasant to be in. Because people are messy and the church is full of people, and sometimes there's conflict or discord or just changes that happen. And so the motivation behind our actions is what we wanted to really ad- address. And to think, okay, what what is causing us to make choices? And it's inspiration that we're looking for, for us to have the right spirit within us for the actions of the things that we do. And we don't want people to come to, to follow Christ 
out of anything other than than a love for God. If people are coming and, and following things because, well, this is what we've always done, or this is what my parents taught me, or this is what uh, just makes me feel good in this area. If the motivation is anything other than Christ, then that motivation has an expiration date. And so having the motivation of Christ, and, that, and it's by Christ that we're living and doing things, that's the proper inspiration to have. And that's what we wanted to start with our young people to help encourage them and challenge them to have, as well as something to make sure we have, because we can't share something we don't have. So making sure, and that's why I'm excited to talk with you all this morning and to preach here uh, in about an hour, is to look at what is the motivation behind our actions and that it's not tradition, it's not just personal comfort, it's not personal preferences. It, should, it is a loving God who has redeemed his people, who has a place prepared for us, who has given us a, a legitimate, reliable word, who's with us every step of the way, and, uh, and knows what he's doing. And so that when you start looking at Jesus... He now gives you a journey to go on. And so this this narrow way, this race to run, this fight to fight, um, this this walking in the light, like all these concepts from Scripture uh, is this is what is motivating you to, to act the way that you are. And if it's anything other than Jesus, it's something shakable. It's something temporary. We don't want to have a temporary faith. We want to have an eternal faith from an author of our faith, um, from Christ. I want us to go and look at a verse here in John 17. You have your Bibles. Let's go over to uh, the book of John. And this is where Jesus is praying for, um, praying for us. And I think it's in, it is completely relevant to this subject. So John 17. Jesus is praying in the garden. This is just before his crucifixion. And he says a prayer with you and I here today in 2022 uh, in mind, and for everybody that has that becomes a Christian in mind. He says, I do not ask for these only, talking about the apostles here, uh, but also for those who believe in me through their word, which if we're Christians now, today, that's us, because we've come to believe who Christ is through what the apostles have taught. Verse 21, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, and listen to this, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So when people have a oneness, a unity, a connection with God and with each other, the world looks at that and says, Jesus came from God. That's really inspiration, inspirational. That, that our unity with God and each other makes the gospel believable. That the world can look at the church and be convinced there's a different way of living. There's a different path to take. And that Jesus isn't just the Mr. Rogers of ancient times. Okay, that, that, that Jesus isn't just a man with some nice thoughts. But that Jesus was sent from God. That the world can believe that when we have the right spirit within us. 
And that spirit Jesus is praying for is a spirit of connection to God and a connection to each other. And he says it just as, I hope you caught this, there in verse 21, just as you, Father, are in me, in I in you, that they may also be in us, that Jesus is setting this example, this, this bar, for the unity we're supposed to have with each other is just as close as Jesus and the Father are. That's how close we're supposed to be to each other and to our Father as well. And when we have that dynamic, it makes the gospel believable. And so I love looking at ministry strategies, at outreach um, methods, and there's no, like, one silver bullet thing. Like, we just have to pass out these pamphlets this way or, you know, cook food this way and or we need to have these type of small groups. Like, the the what we just read here, the thing that makes the gospel believable is us having the right kind of inspiration, the right spirit within us. And that spirit is a spirit of unity with God, unity with each other, love for God, love for each other. And that is what makes the gospel believable. And so before we even get into trying to equip our youth with the right spirit, the right kind of thinking, the right knowledge, it's something each one of us as individuals need to take inventory of. And am I, am I in connection to the Father like Jesus is with the Father? Am I in connection, and, and that level of connection, does that level of connection extend to the people around me in the church? Because sometimes... Sometimes we really water down what is expected of us or what we're called to be, and we sometimes think that peace is just like the absence of conflict, and that's not exactly right. Or we think like, well, I can tolerate that person, so I love them. Well, that's Is that the same level Jesus and the Father have? And so Jesus is inviting us into and praying for us to have is for us to have a, a connection to one another, and it's and it's that connection that then drives us to act a certain way. We love God because He first loved us, and then we look at you know loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And you know on these hang all the law and the prophets. If we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things get get added to you. And so there's this this core seeking of God, there's, there's this fundamental love for God and each other, that when that's in place, everything else gets sorted. And so what we're wanting to invest with our youth, as well as make sure we have within ourselves, is that we have the right motivation behind our actions, that inspiration by who we look, who, who God is, changes how we act. He's the author of our faith, Right? Our faith is not something we just came up with on our own. We have faith because of who God is and what He's revealed to us through His Word. And in response to Him, we're inspired by who He is. And that is then what causes us to act in this, in this way. Um, Charles Spurgeon, he was a preacher back in the late 1800s. Uh, and he, he had a really great statement where he said, uh, instruct a child in the way he should go. And make sure you're going that way yourself. It's, so it's, when we're talking about investing in the youth and trying to help minister to the next generation, you can't share something you don't have. You can't tell people to go somewhere that you've never been. And what 
as a congregation, as God's people, we need to make sure, we need to make, need to make sure that the motivation behind our actions is a love for God, is a genuine, is a genuine unity with God and a desire to be the people He wants us to be. And if, and if there's any other motivation to, to be a Christian other than Christ, that motivation has an expiration date. And we reproduce after our own kind. And what we're, what our youth are gonna see and be taught is really what is demonstrated in us on a lot of levels. I have two kids. I wish that they were here right now. Uh, they're back in Wasilla. Uh, I have a daughter and a son, Unity and, and Miles are their names. They're three and, and my son, Miles, is almost two. And I'm sure all of you parents, um, and me, any of us that, you know, were close to our parents or spent time with our parents growing up, uh, even if you don't have kids, will, will notice that more things are caught than taught, right? I see a lot of you nodding, and you guys have, you, you guys smell what I stepped in, and um, that was a joke. It's okay to laugh. Um, I'm a preacher, not a comedian. It's okay. I get it. Uh, anyways, more things are caught than taught, and that is not just true in parenting. That's also true in, in discipling. So when you're trying to help somebody understand Scripture, uh, your life, your your character is is a very, very, very influential element to the development and discipling of somebody else. And so when we're investing in the youth, it's so important before we're looking at investing in them to make sure, you know, where are we at? What's and can, Do we have something to, to share? And that we don't want them to be just like us. We want them to be like Christ. Like, I don't want my kids to just make it as far as me in life. I want them to go beyond and to be more like Christ, to be more fruitful, and to, to have more than, than what I want them to, to do better. Uh, someone once told me that if you don't listen to everything that your elders, elders being, uh, those who came before you, not like elders in a congregation, that if you, that if you don't listen to everything your elders tell you, you're a fool. And if you listen to everything that your elders tell you, you're a fool. <laughs> Both of those are true because people are not perfect. We don't have this all figured out. And, um, but we know somebody who does. But we want, when discipling the next generation or other people, again, we don't want them to be like us. We want them to be like Christ. And so making sure that that's our, our mission here. And I think this weekend, um, that took place and I, I'm wanting to encourage you that that continues to happen, that we have an attitude of of pursuing Christ, wanting to know him more, and helping others do the same, but that we're not the standard. We're not trying to get people to be like us. We're wanting people to, to, be, like, to be like Christ. And when we have that love for God, when we have that unity with him and each other, it makes the gospel believable. And I just find that to be thrilling, that when we have a life that comes from inspiration to who Jesus is, that makes the rest of the world inspired to investigate Jesus. Because they can see that there's something different. That there's there's one source of goodness, there's one source of light, and, and it's Christ. And 
something, uh, so I think I mentioned this at the lectureship a, a, a month or so ago here um, in my lesson. Uh, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it, but I've noticed in, in talking to people in the community and, and other countries and really anywhere I've, I've ever gone that regardless of somebody's theological understandings, even if they're an atheist or a Buddhist or different um, denominations or different, uh, uh, different theology, I have yet to meet somebody who thinks Jesus is evil. And I think that that is very, very significant. That everybody looks at Jesus and recognizes if more people were like him, the world would be better. And I think that is very, very, very significant. That's certainly not nothing. And that people can see that Jesus, his character, is noteworthy. And that it is, it's the standard for, for what is right. And now when we look to him and we see that he is what is right. And if we if we want to buy into that, then there's this inspiration of wanting to be like him. And that responding to him in that way gives us a spirit of, of inspiration. And that then makes to the world um, that this this is real. This is this is not just a um, this is not just one book uh, of of many. So I had a few. Uh, of my really good friends help out with this weekend. Um, Ian Keller, Steve Cannon, and Ben Buchanan, um, the four of us, uh, spoke this last weekend to the youth. And we all were saying kind of the same thing, but from different, different angles about this, this journey of, of inspiration. And one of the things that, that Ben talked about to, with the youth was like how to begin this journey of, of inspiration. And how, and he, he went to Isaiah looking to this, the iconic moment of this prophet Isaiah beginning his ministry, or the ministry that God had in store for him where God says, who will take my word into the world? And, and Isaiah recognizing he's an imperfect man, um, but that through God being, uh, cleansed by the, you know, the coal touching his lips, that Isaiah has this response of, here am I, send me. And then God sends him out to bring his message to the world. But it's that, that journey, this journey of inspiration is not something God is going to force upon you. He's not going to drag you into it, but he's going to invite you into this journey of inspiration, into this journey of, of following him. And so it starts with raising your hand and saying, here am I, send me. And that's not something we ever stop doing where we say, Lord, here I am, send me, and that this is his journey. This is not just us out for discovery, wandering around seeing what will happen, but that God has a purpose to our lives, to this life, and he's inviting us to a certain kind of life. And we are to respond to that, to say, here am I, send me. I was once challenged with... uh, with talking about different generations in, in the church with... uh would your kids survive off of your faith? If if your children or the next generation have the same faith you have, would they be able to make it through the things that they're going through, or the thing, or in this day and age, or um, would they be able to 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 run the race? And it's going back to what I was saying earlier of you can't share something you you don't have, 
and making sure that we all have this this hand raising here am I send me that this is is not my life my life is not a my life's not about me my life's a story and the main character is not me and that this this life here has has a purpose to it and I didn't come up with that purpose just like Isaiah wasn't making up his own message he was bringing God's message to the world uh, but that starts with a volunteering in, in a in a sign me up attitude so that's something we all need to investigate for ourselves and, and choose for ourselves. Do I, am I just doing this because I've always done this? Did I do this because I was raised to do this? Do I do this because I'm just afraid of doing anything else? Or is my motivation for living this life a, God, I see who you are. You're God and I'm not. You have a, a mission that you have invited anyone to participate in. I, I want in. Send, send me. I'll do what you want me to do. And there's a submission to him, a lordship uh, of, of who he is that is, is then the, the driving force to our actions. Something else that, that Ian really talked about during our, our weekend is that, is that love has no ceiling. Okay. The journey's never done, which is an exciting, exciting truth. That the journey is never complete. None of us here is done. And that, that's nice. That's good. That you're, that, that there's always more love to be had in your life and to come out of your life to the world around you. C.S. Lewis talked about how this life is the cover or the title page to a never ending story in which each chapter is better than the one before it. And th- this journey of inspiration goes on for eternity with God forever. And it's just going to keep better and better and better, even past this life where we are going to go on to be with him. And it's just going to increase in in goodness because it's an eternal life with the source of all things good. And it starts with a, here am I, send me. It starts with, I want to to go towards him for, for forever. And... When I, one of my, the missionary, I lived in South Africa for a few years working um, in, in missions there, and one of the missionaries there mentioned to me that uh, whenever somebody really starts to know a lot about a subject or becomes like a master over any field, whether it's history or mathematics or even theology or really any subject or art, whenever somebody really starts to know a lot about something, they realize how little they actually know about that subject. And that's a sign of this person actually has accumulated a lot of experience with whatever specific field. And uh, I found that to be so true. If someone starts talking to me that they've like, yeah, I've got this all figured out. I understand all of this. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't really know anything. Um, because this is so deep. God is so vast, and he wants us to know him, and we can know him, but we are, there's so much more to always know about God and his goodness and his wisdom and his truth and his character and his heart and his mission and his purpose and his spirit and his church. Like, there's just, you, it's so deep, it's clear, but it's so deep, you can't see the bottom. He's such, such, such a vastly good and expansive God. And what I... 
What I'm excited about is that there's always more on this journey to go with God together. And that's something that um, I am thrilled about. That being Christ's church is so much more than not having instruments up here, than making sure that baptism is an essential part of conversion. But being Christ's church is going on this journey with him forever. And that's and that's the the thrill and the blessing of this walk is right standing with God of the universe forever. And that's that should change the way we think and live and act and make choices. And it's that it's inspiring to see what Jesus has done for humanity, for paying the price for the whole world, having a place prepared for us, for giving us his word, for being with us always. I mean, just looking at anything he does really should be quite inspirational to how we live, think, and act. And another mentor of mine once put it this way, if there was any people in history, any group of people of humanity that had a reason to sing, it's Christians. Do you believe that? And you just think about it. To have right standing with God of the universe, to have the Spirit living within us, to have His Word clearly given to us, to have a church and a family and a community, to be able to have a, uh, uh, a, again, a place prepared for us in heaven. Like, if that's not changing the way you think and live, I don't know if you're actually alive. Like, I think something has died inside you if that doesn't cause some inspiration recognizing what God has, has done for, for us. So this love that God has shown has no ceiling, and that's quite inspirational, that there's always more uh, to go with. I, I'm going to talk a little bit about this in the lesson here um, in a moment, but like I said, I get to study and talk with lots of different people in different ages, and I my approach to talking to someone who's older than me, because uh, I'm at this really kind of fun, unique age where to some people I'm quite old, to other people I'm very young, and so depending on who I'm talking to, I have to approach them a little differently. And if somebody is my parents' age or older, if they're in their like 50s or 60s or, or older, I try to be, I encourage them as I would a father. And so I have to approach them in a different method. And the, the way I, I tend to do that is is I'll, I'll say, I'll hold the word up and I'll say, can we, before we get into anything or talk about anything, can we both, I just would like to say, can are there things in here we're still learning? Is there stuff in here that we're still discovering or that we're still needing help to apply to our lives. And I have yet to have anybody have the audacity to be like, no, I got it all figured out. Like, if everyone, you just need like the tiniest pinch of reason and humility to recognize, yeah, I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still figuring this out. And that's an exciting thing. That's not a failing. That's how this life is designed because we're growing more and more into, um, into Christ, and he's molding us, he's pruning us, he's disciplining us, and that's a that's part of the journey, and that's a really exciting thing, and so helping other people see that, again, uh, starts with us making sure we have it ourselves, and knowing that there's always a, uh, 
there's more steps to take. None of us have arrived to what God has ultimately has in store for us. And that's that should be inspirational. We talked about this idea of you can't float upstream. Okay? So you can't just, all right, I did it. Got baptized. I'm done. Like, that's not how this works. We're supposed to walk in the light. You know, we're supposed to, to seek uh, uh, seek the kingdom and his righteousness. There's, there's this element of, of moving forward with God, walking in, uh, not by faith, or walking not by sight, but by faith. It's this idea of uh, walking the way in which he walked. There's so much scripture about this active pursuit. It's this this journey, running the race, fighting the fight, um, etc. And so there's no ceiling to this. Uh, if we're not exactly like Jesus, then we still got growing to do. And that's great. And, and that's what young people need to see is a humility in us and an ongoing growth and then change with us. Comparison is the thief of, of joy. And if we're looking around at other people and like, oh, I'm not like them, you know, and I wish I was like them, that's very, very, um, can't really live like that. But the only person you can compare yourself to is Christ and then who you were yesterday. Those are the only people you can actually compare yourself to. And we should be able to look at our lives and be, say, I'm not like Jesus in this, but I'm more like him today than I was yesterday because we're, we're pursuing him. I mean, he's walking with us um, uh, through this whole thing. Something else that we talked about um, uh, during this weekend is this idea of, um, in Psalms, where we look at idol, idol worship, and there's these passages that talk about how when you worship an idol, you become like the idol. These idols, these figurines that they were carving in the Old Testament, they had eyes, but they couldn't see. They had ears, they couldn't hear. They they were inanimate objects, even though they had the, the features of something that's alive. And the Psalms say that those who worship them became like them, in that you became these inanimate objects, essentially. And that the things that those idols were promising or that the things that people were looking for in those idols, that God is, is, the, is what those idols were trying to provide. Where people would worship these idols for all sorts of reasons, for, um, for, for health, for community, for purpose, for providing. And how we worship that idolatry people today even... You know, have an idol of, of self, of social media, of drugs, of other things that where people go to these things looking for answers, looking for identity, looking for provision, looking for direction, and they'll invest their lives into them thinking that they're going to get these, these bigger things, uh, out of it. And the desire for community, that's a really big desire, but, Facebook doesn't provide that. Having your pictures taken and posted and getting likes from people, um, that, that's not real fellowship. It's a, and, and, you know, the idea of drugs, of trying to find comfort and, and trying to ease the, the pain of, of this life, uh, you know, those things, that doesn't, doesn't provide that. And that the things that we end up committing our lives to, if it's not Christ, then it's not, uh, it's not going to provide what we hope it does. They're all 
uh, poor imitations of what we actually desire. And I found that to be so true with, just again, like with, for example, for Facebook, nothing inherently evil with social media, but if you're trying to replace something God designed with something man came up with, it's not going to come close. And I, I would rather have five good friends than 5,000 followers on you know, social media. And to have, uh, you know, we're looking for community, we're looking for friendship, and Christ provides those things in the church and, and with himself. And, and, to see, and the, it's the same as it was back then, where idols are an inefficient substitute for what we desire. And God has given us desires, and he fulfills those desires. Um, but trying to look for somewhere other than God uh, is only going to end in disaster. And again, the same message is from a different, different angle of what's inspiring you? What is the spirit within you that's driving you to act uh, a certain way? So God is the fulfillment of these, um, these poor imita- the, what these idols try to imitate and providing for. So I, uh, this weekend has been a huge success. It was, a blessing to see youth from so many different congregations. We have Juno and Homer and South Anchorage and here at Anchorage and the Valley Congregation. And so we have multiple uh, congregations represented here. And one of the things I love about the church in Alaska is um, the unity amongst congregations. We want to fan that flame more and, and build on it and, uh, it's hard to invite people to come have dinner with your family if your family is like wringing each other's necks and, and at each other's throats. And so the unity amongst each other, this idea of we're part of this kingdom that's bigger than, than just our neck of the woods is very, very good and something I hope we can continue to grow in and invest in our young people and in each other, uh, together. Something else I've really learned is that watering is just as spiritual as planting and we need to be doing both. And this weekend, we had a lot of fun. We had some fun games that we did together. Uh, but the mission here of, of watering these young people um, is, is a mission. It is a, it's, a, it's a mission trip where we're taking time to, to minister to these souls. And I hope that that's a conviction you continue to, to have and grow in. And that's something we can do collectively together. And... Uh, it was so neat to not only have youth from different congregations, but y'all here in 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 Anchorage hosting it, and and Scott and Ben and and Mike and other people helping uh, facilitate it, and Ben Buchanan, who's the preacher in Eagle River, and and Ian, who uh, is a member with us of the Valley, and and Steve, who is a really active leader of the church in Homer, and, and so like the leadership and the 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 chaperones and people in in the youth forum. You know, we're also representing this unity. And so just this entire weekend has been a blessing. And I thank you for helping host it and, and having a, uh, a spirit of service and participation in it is wonderful. And I hope this isn't just a weekend thing, um, but that this is something daily we continue to, to strive for, that we have the right spirit within us, the right inspiration within us. And that's something that the youth can see. Uh, and make choices about because uh, the youth need to see that what we do is not just tradition. It's not just an avoidance of sin, 
that Christianity is not just trying to stay away from, from bad things so we can have a more productive, comfortable, stable life. But the reason we do this is because there's a God who loves us, who paid the price for us, that has a direction for us, that, that has uh, redeemed us, and that changes the way we do everything. And we've, we've volunteered freely to, to follow him, and that's why we're on this journey. And for them, and I hope that that's something we can become more aware of, and that's something they can see more clearly, and that soon in their lives, if they haven't already, they can also raise their hand and say to God, not to us, here am I, send me, and that they will then have that um, connection to the Father, and that would be their inspiration for life instead of, I just want to make my parents happy, or I just want to fit in with these people, or I don't want to be alone, or having some other motivation other than being inspired by who Jesus is even to this day. So I love you all. I'm so thankful for this this time. Um, I don't think the second bell has rung quite yet. Um, so any questions about this weekend, about the things we talked about or things we did um, that you all have before we uh, wrap up and get ready for services? I don't mind some awkward silence. It's okay. Any questions about this journey of inspiration? I'm glad I could explain it so clearly. We got it all figured out. Well, I love you all so much, and I'm excited for doing more things this year together, whether it's camp or youth retreats or other youth events um, and other church-wide ministries. I'm thankful for for this place and what the Lord is doing in each of you. So I don't know if there's a prayer we normally do or if there's anything else. I believe we just transition into our next uh, fellowship and then service. So thank you all. Excited to preach with you all this in just a little bit. Thank you.